This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me tonight is my host who is suffering all sorts of internet problems. Hans, how are you doing? I'm your host. I'm, I'm you, good. For 2021, <laughs> you're upgraded the, the host position, finally, after all these years. Uh, I Taking over the show and kicking you out. That's how it's going to go. That will happen eventually. Yeah, but I, I still need to get someone that will do all the work for me. So I'll be number one on the hierarchy of it, but I, I don't want to do all the work you do. So, so I just need to find someone to do that. Who Who is the most dedicated follower in, or in the fan group on Facebook? Just pick whoever first comes to mind for you. Oh, fucking, I don't know. Don, don't pick Don Grizzly. That's who it is. Don yes. Grizzly. Buck yeah. Brutus. One of those two. Yeah. All right. We're going to be talking about one of the classic <laughs> films of the 90s. Arnold, yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger's best of the decade. Was Total Recall 1990? Yeah. Maybe not best of the decade, but very close. Alicia Silverstone's finest. Yes. That we, that we can absolutely say for certain. Uh, we're going to be talking about Joel Schumacher's magnum opus, Batman and Robin. You will face. Please well. Of all the thrills you will experience, no adventure is bigger than Batman and Robin. I'm asking you, friend, partner, will you help me? Arnold Schwarzenegger, George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Uma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone. Partners. 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 Batman and Robin. This is the fourth film in the Batman franchise of, of the Warner Brothers saga. So uh, I know you tried to correct Kenny on Twitter that Batman 66 was the original. It was not the right. original. Uh, there were two serials that came out in the 1940s, Batman and another one called Batman and Robin from 1943 and 1949, respectively. And uh, there was there was quite a bit of heavy racism in that first Batman movie. Have you ever seen any of the first Batman movie? Well, I've seen the the costume. That's it. It's kind of like goofy looking, like very saggy, right? It's I think that's a very accurate representation of that early Batman, even though he doesn't have purple gloves or whatever. Uh, yeah, it fits the time. Uh, well, uh, Dr. Daka is the villain. He's the first ever Batman villain on film. And it's clearly a white actor with some Mickey Rooney face. And Batman says certain things. And these are all quotes. This is not me saying this. So don't uh. report per, don't report this podcast to iTunes. But he punches a bad guy and goes like, take that, squint eye. Take that, Jap. He says all this nice. stuff while in fights. So it's cool. uh it's classic Batman, you know, and that should uh, be a drop. That should be a drop for the show. Every time I say a joke that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't hit, that's it's just you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you don't laugh at my my my, my humor. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. When I don't understand the joke and I just sit there quietly, my autism, not laughing. Right. So Batman and Robin comes out in 1949, and that has a villain called the wizard and the wizard is like a computer hacker for 1949 so a computer in 1949 is a room is it, of machines is it also the, the wizard is it is it another yellow face or is it just a regular guy <laughs> no at that point at that point they kind of evened out you know the propaganda wasn't as heavy uh right. so it was just a regular old guy 
and they had Captain America by that point and Superman. So they had the, the, the ones that it more naturally fit with. Then there's a break in between Batman re- returns in 1966 for the Adam West TV show. And they do the movie the same year that the TV show premieres. And it, it I mean, this movie echoes that quite heavily, but with a dose of 90s pop culture infused with it. And it's a total disaster. It, like I like I said, either before we started or at the beginning of the show, it's one of the all-time great bad movies. Yeah. What are what is your feeling and what is your thoughts on Batman and Robin? I I I, I want to think that I, I, I know what he was go- trying to, or what he was going for. I just don't think that <clears throat> I don't think he went far enough with the camp. I don't think because to me, it feels like he's trying to bring the 66 tone of that Batman TV show into the 90s. But I don't know if it's just that it's an awkward fit with the 90s and uh, how everything used to work in the 90s. But for whatever reason, he just didn't have the charm that the series from the 60s has. I don't know if it was that just the performances weren't there because I, I really didn't find any of them to be good. Um Everything. Uh oh, we got another hiccup. Oh my! No, okay, you're good. Got it. You're got good. It. We're back. We're okay. Back. Uh, I was saying everything that Emma said felt very much like a light version of uh, Jim Carrey's The Riddler. Uh, so it was just pretty much a you know a sex what is it a sex swap or a gender swap of of that. Yeah. Um, Bane seemed completely unnecessary. I, it was just a waste of the character uh, that had a very you didn't like him yelling Bane every, <laughs> no. every 20 minutes. I like that they, they tried to use the, the or a little bit of the origin from the cartoon with like the whole, you know, fluid muscles thing. But then it just ended with them just disconnected him and that that's it. So it was it was kind of anticlimactic. And then uh, I think Schwarzenegger, um, you can tell that he's going all out, uh, but it's just... I don't know. It just uh, I, a lot of the the lines, a lot of his lines needed like a take two, I think, because I see the joke, I see the ha, ah, what you're trying to do. But I guess it's just his accent or like the way he delivered them. But sometimes you have to like re, like rewind a little bit to make sure that he said the say the thing that you think he said, just because of how he's delivering the line. So even that, I didn't enjoy it as much as I remember enjoying it the first time I saw it. Uh, but yeah, I just I just think that he he should have gone a little further with with the camp and not so much into you know set pieces. There were so many fucking set pieces. There were a lot of thing. set pieces. You know, it's funny that you're saying it wasn't campy enough when that is the primary oh complaint. Of God, what the everybody? Fuck is... Oh, geez, Hans is running into all sorts <sighs> of issues. No, I can I I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear you just fine. What if I just turn off my video? Let's see if this works. It's just you. Yeah. <laughs> just you talking maybe well let, let's right. j- let's try it out for like three minutes and then we'll come back because people are paying okay. for the video at patreon.com slash lores five dollars we're dropping three episodes in one day uh this is what, what was it the december 28th december 28th so 2020 is almost over but if you're not paying for the for the episodes uh upon their release date on patreon well you're, you're probably listening to this around january 12th or something like that along those lines. Um, 
Yeah. So what? I'm sorry. What were we saying before? It's a great question. <laughs> I think we were talking about oh camp. I got the frustrated. Camp. I wanted to punch my computer and then I forgot. <laughs> we're talking about the camp of the movie. Most people hate the campiness of this film. You're saying it didn't. It wasn't campy enough for you. Yeah. Uh, if you're going for it, you you can't play it off as cool. I think that at, at times this movie tries to make you believe that some of the things they do are cool, especially with the Robin character and his bike and his leather jacket. And uh, um, I, I I just I, I wish he had gone in a not a serious way of presenting that. I guess like none of it is cool. Like none of it. Maybe in the nineties. I don't know if it's just me seeing it with 2020 eyes of being an old man but none of it felt cool it just felt like this is an old man trying to convince a young person that this is what they're supposed to like or think it's cool you know i think i i get what you're saying uh i, I mean i i don't know if i agree with the notion that this movie wasn't campy enough but i i can't imagine it being campier to be honest with you yeah i i don't see this as less campy than the 1960s tv show i think it's actually more campy okay maybe it's just that i i just don't think it's as as charming as the other a lot of it feel feels a little forced and i i really dislike george clooney uh, uh as a leading man i i i thought he was supposed to be charming and the reason why they pick him in roles is because he's charming and every time he's bruce wayne he's awkward he feels uncomfortable. He feels like... Because he knows he's the... in a bad movie. He knows he's in a <laughs> shitty movie and the lines are terrible. That's why. Yeah, but they, they're not high. They're hiring to just deliver those shitty lines with your, you know, ER charm or whatever the fuck what he was up to at the time. I don't even know. But And in this, like, there's a line um, when a Poison Ivy asks him about or, or whenever the, he meets the girl and... Someone asked him about marriage, and he goes like, uh, uh, "Marriage, marriage," and it's just like, "What, what, you, what is this?" You know, you're supposed to be the the charming guy, and there's nothing charming about this millionaire that's supposed to, you know, everyone's supposed to like. He's also hardly in the movie, you know. I don't think that there's a single. I mean, we were talking about how that's a benefit to Batman '89 that Batman is kind of a backseat character to the Joker, and you don't know much about this character. Or uh, his backstory, really. We only find out midway through the film that his parents were killed. We don't open with that, that origin story. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, don't, you don't get a whole lot of that. In Batman and Robin, especially after the last film, Batman Forever, which is maybe the most like Bruce Wayne heavy of the four movies. I think Batman Returns right. is, is close to that. But they don't really delve into his personal character a whole lot. It's really more the penguins showcase in this movie. He, he feels like a background character. He Clooney isn't first built Schwarzenegger is. Yeah. And there is not really an equal division between his character, Mr. Freeze, poison Ivy, and even the Batgirl character, which I think absorbs more of the movie than Batman. I feel like Alfred absorbs more of the movie than Batman himself. Yeah. Yeah, the Batgirl thing, uh, we spend more time with her than we ever spend with Batman by himself. We have that, which feels like a half an hour scene of her in the bike with like the bike race or whatever, uh, where we get to see that she's a badass chick, right? Uh, we don't have anything like that with Batman. He, he really feels like, 
I don't know if they were thinking of doing like a like a you know Batwoman robbing thing, but it, it really feels like this is the the third most important character. Yeah, uh, in this movie, you know, uh, I guess it's because we've seen more Batman than Robin and, and her. So, hey, let's sp- spend time with them. But at the same time, uh, like you just said, the uh, time that we spend with. Uh, uh, Batman in the other movies, we never really get to know him that much. We we don't really see, get to see him interact with many people uh, until we get to forever. Uh, so it felt kind of weird that they were so focused on, you know, what Robin wanted and what Bad Girl wanted and Alfred getting sick, you know, than than giving a fuck about this George Clooney representation of the character. Yeah, I don't think that he really brings anything to this character. And I don't I don't think that George Clooney's a bad actor. I don't think that's his fault. I think he realized that this movie was nothing more than a paycheck and decided he wasn't going to get invested in the film and not offer his like his uh trademark charisma or, right. or what we're supposed to believe is charisma into every project that he, you know, is a part of. So I, I I would even venture to say that maybe even Robin, if he's not equal with Batman, he might actually have more depth in the film. I mean, at least Robin has an instance where there's you, there's stakes for his character where he gets frozen in the beginning, and Batman right, has right, to right. use his toy gun, his toy laser gun to unfreeze him. The whole the whole movie sucks. It's it's just a it is. Everything that has been uh, some, it's been summed up to being a film to sell toys over the past 10 years. And it couldn't be more evident with the exchange of a new Batmobile or the costumes from the last film uh, and how, you know, Freeze, Batman, uh, Robin, maybe even Batgirl, they all wind up changing outfits. And then the toys that were sold for this movie. They don't even right. look like the characters half the time. I yeah, remember yeah. I remember the, the Bane action figure because I was a boy and I saw this movie in the theaters, the first Batman movie I had ever seen in theaters. And I got all the action figures naturally, very excited about this film. That's the first I even heard that there was a Batman and Robin movie coming out. I was going to Toys R Us, looking at the action figure aisle and seeing Bane. And I was like, Bane? Bane's such like a C-list villain. I'm surprised he's going right. to be in this movie. And his the, the, the action figure of Bane looks like Bane. It looks pretty cool he's muscly he's got the mask he looks intimidating the bane in this movie as found behind <laughs> me here has Juan, what's his name or juan luis Lopez <laughs> or some shit <laughs> yes he's uh he's a mexican immigrant rapist in this movie yeah and the... home depot outside he's him up. <laughs> full of toxins and yep yeah. yep and he's played by jeep swenson who strategically died before the release of this movie, so he wouldn't have to bear the pain of being <laughs> being in such a travesty. Uh, they just paint his arms yellow, and he says Bane over and over again. Uh, doesn't I mean, at one point, I think he's wearing a fedora and a trench coat. That's cute. And the Hulk wears a suit? Yeah. It's, it's not a good Go representation of the character. It's its own rendition, similar to the Tom Hardy one from Dark Knight Rises, very different from the comic book or the animated series at that time. Mr. Freeze, what do you what do you think about Mr. Freeze and his puns and his outfit here? 
Sorry, I'm 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 truly retarded, and I unplugged my Bluetooth headset by mistake. Could you repeat what you said? <laughs> <laughs> I was asking you what what uh, your feeling was about Arnold's performance here as Mister Freeze, who is top billed. He is the star of the movie. His entire backstory is the focal point of this film. It's all about reviving his wife. They take that from the animated series. What did you think of this interpretation of Mister Freeze in the film? I thought he was enjoyable. I thought he, you can tell he's having fun with it. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if it's a language thing, but I kind of wish that we had different takes of his lines just because at times it feels like, I don't know if he understands exactly what the pun is or what the joke is in the line. So a lot of the time it kind of doesn't really hit. Um, but you, you can tell he's trying. Uh, you can tell that he's just having fun with it. He's not... You know, I'm sure that someone that's just used to being the body, you know, uh, someone just told them, hey, you're actually going to be saying jokes in this thing. So I'm sure he was excited uh, by it. And he's the only one, I think, that gave like an an enjoyable performance or that seemed like he wanted to be there, I guess. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't don't understand why this suit has nipples. His. I don't don't get that. Wait, wait, hold on. Mr. Freeze's suit has nipples? Yeah, Mr. I, I don't know if it's, it's like it's more like areolas than nipples. So, it, he has like oh yeah, glow, he has he has glowing pecs, but then it has like two little uh, circles that are like silver. So they look they look like he's areolas, and I was just confused because it's an it's like an armor. <laughs> Why do you need? But but yeah, he he was good. I I enjoyed him. I agree. I, I actually think that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the one redeeming aspect of this movie simply because it does seem like everyone else. Maybe it's hard to get a read on Chris O'Donnell. He just seems like he's a void. Like he, yeah. his head is just empty. You know, he's a perfect actor as far as that goes. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, you can tell. Yeah, he, he's the only one getting a kick out of what, what he's doing, probably because he has the most to chew off in this film. He's got a cool costume for the 90s for a comic book yeah. character. Uh, he's he gets to offer his rendition of a character that previously, aside from the 1960s show with a couple of forgettable, like fat, bald guys that were in face paint, uh, he gets to give the definitive rendition of this Mr. Freeze. And I, I think he does a for, for what this is, if this was an episode of the 1960s TV show in the modern day, he's the perfect villain for that. Poison Ivy, on the other hand. I I feel like a lot of people have come around to Uma Thurman's performance on, as Poison Ivy in this movie, but for me, it's it's just too one note. But I I mean, look, that fits with the rest of the film. Mister Freeze is kind of one note. Actually, no, he's not one note because he no, has his no, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah, I, he... I'll walk that back. He does have his moments where he's a more sympathetic character and has like emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very sad about his wife. Yeah, and then he's very angry about his wife when he sees the. The little TV that Batman shows him that's in like a Batarang or some shit. Right, right. <laughs> At the end. Yeah. Where he shows just like a scene of the movie. It's not even from a different it's yeah. not even a different POV. They couldn't they couldn't put a VHS of... filter over it or anything. No, it was shot with an Ari Alexa. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, no, you're you're correct about that. I mean, obviously Bane is the most one note character here, but Poison Ivy is not far behind with her just I'm gonna be a slut in every movie every scene of this movie. I'm just gonna I'm gonna slut it up with it. I mean, but that's the character, that's Poison Ivy, yeah. right? So 
Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it was, it, it was just too much, I guess. I think one of the, one of the things that really affected my, my viewing experience was how long it is. I forgot how long this thing is and it just feels completely unnecessary because they don't do anything interesting in the story that would merit the length. Uh, and something that I noticed a lot was that it was a lot of set pieces. There was a lot of long scenes with this larger than life action. Oh, 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 no, you're good. You're there good. You're, we're back. We're, good. We're, good. we're back. Okay. <laughs> Not hitting each other. They're fighting. It's really, it, it felt like a play. It felt like they were recording a play. Uh, none of the punches look like punches. Uh, he does a trick with the camera where he puts things in between Batman and the camera. So, Whenever he's about to hit, the camera is either blocked by the body of the bad guy or blocked by something else that flew on camera. So none of the fights look like fights. They look more like a like a ballet or something that's set yeah, up like that. Like know? Batman it's on cool. ice. Exactly, yeah. Uh, it is, well, at the beginning, he's skating, right? He's there literally on he's ice, skating. yes. Uh. Yeah. And then, then you have a... a the a whole intro, like Poison Ivy intro, is just another musical... Uh, where where they you know bring her in arms and she has like their whole number that's like ten minutes. Uh, then there's the scene with the motorcycles that's another very long scene too. So I don't know, but maybe uh, what's the cut that you got? The deacidified twenty six yeah. minute camp remover that I received in the mail. I think it's on YouTube now. It must be on YouTube now. But I received a version of Batman and Robin when I was a child. People, grown men, adult men, just sent me DVDs in the mail. And this was one of them. And it reduces the film to a much more feasible length and removes everything that is egregious about it. Yeah. The alpha cut. That's what it's yeah, called, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> the alpha male cut. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that that uh, soured my viewing experience. I, I forgot how long it was. And now... Um, if you're going to make a, a two-hour movie, you need to give me something to watch, because otherwise it ends up being something like uh, It Two, that was like two and a half hours, and the whole time you were just like, "Are you going to do anything with the story, or is it just set pieces uh, that lead nowhere?" Which is kind of what that movie ends up being. Another one that's like that is a uh, Wonder Woman 1984 that I, I saw. Oh, I do want to talk about that movie with you uh, oh, because you oh. you watched it and you actually you. Did not rant about it, but you left left your review to a few words. You said I did not like it. Yeah, I I haven't finished it. Oh, that's that's yeah because I um, I was intoxicated at the time and I was very confused because the things that I was seeing on screen didn't make any fucking sense at all. So I was like, okay, this must be me. So I would just rewind it, and then the characters would say the things that they would say. And I would still be like, no, hold on. There's no way that they're just changing everything about this universe again. So this movie doesn't, because this movie doesn't fit anything with the other ones. It, the tone is completely different as the, even the first one, uh, where you don't really know what you're yeah. supposed to be taking seriously. I'll you tell you know. what. It reminded me a lot of the tonal shift from Batman 89 to Batman Forever. Uh, it it it's not the same audience. They're not going for the same audience with this movie that the first Wonder Woman movie did. And I think 
People rag on him all the time. You rag on him all the time, Hans. Zack Snyder, I think, is responsible for <laughs> that tone of the first Wonder Woman movie that made it watchable. And then we see what happens when you just have Patty Jenkins and probably yeah. Gal Gadot, now that she's a star, has probably more creative input. And then the studio is like, well, Shazam was a hit. Shazam was the unexpected hit. We should go more in this direction as opposed to just separating the tones of these different movies and letting them be their own thing. It felt like Wonder Woman 84 felt like they were trying to capture that energy that Shazam came out with and then infuse it with Richard Donner's Superman, especially in the beginning when she's Mm -hmm. in the mall and you hear that tune that sounds eerily like the Superman of, of uh, you know, the 20th century, that theme song by what's his name? Uh, John, whoever did the Star Wars or something. I don't Williams. Know, John Williams. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. So that that iconic theme, it, it, they're trying to capture that essence so bad. And, you know, I, I put out a tweet. I was like, Wonder Woman 84. They put 84 in the title to remind you it's 80s because nothing about it feels retro whatsoever. They, I yeah. mean, straight. We everybody always gripes about, and I'm certainly guilty of this. Stranger Things not capturing the '80s correctly, or capturing like uh, a snapshot of a snapshot of the 1980s. But Wonder Woman '84 has nothing about it that feels '80s. The jokes in the movie, which are painfully unfunny, <laughs> are related to the '80s, but nothing about it looks '80s. Nobody's acting like it's the 1980s. Uh, it's it's. But I don't know. I, I can't say that it's a bad movie because it just feels like a kid's movie. It feels like a, a, a it, dumb kid's movie. It was really weird. Uh, again, I, I haven't finished it because I was intoxicated at the time. So I was wondering if it was me uh, because I I tried to make it fit into what I guess DC is not trying to do anymore, which is, you know, fix the whole Justice League thing and continue with this. I guess that's dead now. Because this doesn't, like, I can't imagine this character fitting a serious Zack Snyder movie anymore. And I understand if you're trying to do that with something like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, that's like its own little thing. But Wonder Woman is one of the main Justice League characters. She's one of the leaders, right? Uh, So how are you going to go from goofy, sassy Wonder Woman in this movie to now she's serious again and uh you know ev- ev- all the little jokes and you know, the little ha-has that you have in this movie never mind she's serious now again yeah and uh i i completely forgot about the 84 thing now that you mentioned it i it it i i tried to think or i guess it just i just convinced myself that the 84 wasn't related to the year because it didn't feel like the 80s. So I was waiting for what the 84 means. Like it didn't even cross my mind that, okay, so this is supposed to be 1984 because of how much it does not feel like 1984, like you just said. Yeah. The the only part of the movie that I thought was good until the end, and you'll maybe eventually see this, is I thought uh, uh, Kristen Wiig was actually good in her performance in, in that character. But Really? I, yeah, I did. That. Playing yeah. that character, this the that stereotype of uh, I'm, I'm a little nerdy. Nobody likes me, but hey, all I have to do is fix my hair, and everyone's gonna like. Oh, they don't like me anymore. I'm evil now. Yeah, I didn't mind that. I, I honestly, <laughs> maybe it's just because compared to Pedro Pascal's uh, Maxwell Lord character, where he's playing like Ricardo Montalban on Fantasy Island, and that he, he's awful. He's really bad. He's the most draining part of this movie. And the overindulgence of special effects, like there's a scene where just his eye is bloody 
right? Because he's doing his whole thing where he's making people grant wishes or whatever. And they couldn't even just add in a contact. They had to do bad CG where it's just like he's got pixels on his face. And it, it looks terrible. So 200, 200 million budget for this movie. That was another thing I could understand. Where does that go? Is it all like salaries? Because it's a big cast of famous people. This guy's Mandalorian now. So I guess, you know. Yeah. Because you don't really see a cool shots that you can only do with technology or cool CGI that you can only do now. So it would cost you hundreds of millions of dollars. But where where is it? You know what I mean? Like you see an Avengers movie and you, okay, there's giant monsters and then giant, you know, machines and shit. So fine. But I guess I'll, I'll have to see if they spent a hundred million on the invisible jet that I've yet to see. Uh, yeah. But I heard that's in it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting anything great because I, I, I thought the first one was pretty boring. Uh, and uh I guess I was just very confused as to what, what are they trying to do now? Like, what's the next step from this, you know, especially with the Zack Snyder thing coming out, that's a completely different character than the Wonder Woman we saw in this one. She's not as sassy. Yeah. And this one, she's very sassy and she has that look on her face of like, I know better, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's interesting though, to see what the critical reaction was prior to the movie dropping on HBO max, because it had majority good, reviews i think it might have been even certified fresh and as soon as the movie came out and it wasn't just like uh oh the trolls are at it again the trolls are trying to try to tank the movie just like last jedi just like everything else and it's not even like one of those super feminist yada 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 type of films uh that's just drenched in you know progressive ideology it's not that at all I've seen people criticizing, oh, Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Lord is a very Donald Trump character, but he's not. He's not really. He's just got blonde hair. He's a he's Mexican, right? So, no, he's nothing like Donald Trump of the eighties. Even are he's, we are he's we clearly... really gonna are we really gonna do that now? Every loud, shitty character now is very Trumpian. Very is Trump, that Trump esque character? Is that the next? Oh God, fucking get another reference. <laughs> There's been other shitty people, you know, that just. God people damn. people think that's going to go away over the next four years because of, of Biden. No, they're, they're, the obsession does not go away so easily. You are mistaken. You are deeply mistaken if you think that's going to be the case. So I'm, t I'm taking a look at the re critical reviews of this movie now. Rotten Tomatoes has it down to a 64%. IMDb, oh, wow. that's, 5 that's down from 16. I think it was 69 at the beginning of the of when, last week. When I checked it, when it first came out on HBO Max, and this, I mean, before this... I think it was actually in the 80s or something. Uh, when it was just premiering, it was at 74%. So it has gone down at least 10%. And uh, apparently there are top-voted tags for Google. And the top-voted tags are boring, overhyped, <laughs> corny, forgettable, overrated, cringeworthy, slow, unconvincing, cliche, and must-watch. Yeah. Well, Patty Jenkins, right? She's a... Uh... She's one of the new women that are going to take film into womenhood moving forward or whatever. Sure. Wasn't Ava DuVernay. She was another, another, another fucking hack. What's the word? Another uh, hack. She's a hack. She, trend, she's a trendsetter. Another maverick. 
<laughs> Can we stop praising people just because of what fucking dangles between their legs? They suck. I don't yeah. care if you have a vagina. If the movie is terrible, that should not change the fact that the movie is terrible. And this movie is pretty bad. I don't know if I would say terrible. Again, I, I have to see it with sober eyes because I, I was kind of not in a great state when I saw yes. it. I was having fun, but I was very confused. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, it's it's the, Batman Forever tier. That's all it is. It's like, it, it, it's right. not good, but it's a kid's movie and it abides by kid movie logic. So I can't really criticize it on those grounds. It makes me think though, makes me think that Zack Snyder probably directed some of the scenes for that first Wonder Woman. He probably directed the whole movie. We should, should probably be. retroactively call that a Zack Snyder film. Zack Snyder's just Wonder like, Woman. Just like uh, yep. Poltergeist with Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg. Patty Jenkins was probably drunk off her ass just getting sloshed on the set. But they're like, yep. fuck, we need, on, we need a woman filmmaker to do this. On wine. Mom wine. Wine and reading gossip magazines and shit. Because she's a 50-year-old <laughs> childless woman. You know how all they are. Yep. You know? They're, yeah. they're like Kristen yes. Wig. Yeah. Lonely. Yep. Chelsea Handler types. So she was probably doing yeah. that. She was reading self help books, and Zack Snyder was like, "God damn it, I got to step in here. I got to make sure that this she ship was... is righted. This is the first female led superhero movie." She was retweeting PETA uh, on her phone while Zack Snyder shot the. Was there even visually interesting scenes in the original one? No, it wasn't. No. Look, I'll, I'll tell you what I liked about the the original Wonder Woman movie is the. The costumes, I liked the setting. It reminded, I, I thought they captured the 1930s, 1940s era very well in a way that was somewhat reminiscent to the the, uh, the style that's found in Batman 89. But obviously they fully leaned into that to fit the era and it, it, I thought it worked great. And right. it, made it, it made it feel unique among the other superhero films because it does take place in a different time period. They nailed that and then completely lost that quality with this movie with yeah, you you would think it would be easier to nail the 1980s since everybody else has and they well, they got they got rid of the writers right did they it wouldn't surprise I me patty, i think patty jenkins took over the writing on this one and um well so what happened let's see patty jenkins Hans is looking it up. It's not his connection. There we go. Hi. How's it going? Okay, good. That gave me a couple of seconds to look for the, the writer. So, uh, Patty Jenkins, Dave Callahan, who uh, wrote that Godzilla movie. It's great. That second Zombieland movie. It's great. Um, we're not we're not getting the best ones. <laughs> we're not getting the best of them to write this no. movie. I'm not surprised, I guess. But yeah, a, a, a miss, definitely a miss from the half an hour that I've seen. How long is is it? Also, like two and a half hours long, right? Yeah. <sighs> why, God? Why are they? God damn. Okay. Yeah, I might never watch this. <laughs> I might never finish Wonder Woman just because. Let me uh, let me let me tell you what you're missing out on in that last half hour of the movie. You get Cheetah, the character, and. How she becomes Cheetah is so shoehorned and makes no sense at all. It's just her her character motivation is essentially to be like Gal Gadot. She wants to be the hot, right. sexy, well-liked individual. And it works for her for a while. She does become more well-liked. 
and then she just wants she she's on a plane with Maxwell Lord, who's losing his mind. Has just like co opted the White House and the president, got nuclear weapons. She's just like, I want to be like nothing else that has ever existed before. I want to be a primal predator. And Maxwell Lord is like, Ooh, I like your thinking. So he just turns her into a cat, a cat lady, and the CG is almost on the level of Cats the movie with James Corden with her face. It kind of looks like that. It looks better. It look I'll I'll say that. It looks better. But that's that's a low bar, okay? That's a very how, low bar. How does it how does it look when it's fighting? So that character is fighting primarily in the dark in the water with Wonder Woman. So they they were at least strategic with it. They realized the design probably wasn't good and they set it in a location where they could hide it as much as possible. So you you only kind of get like dark glimpses of that that face um it's not the worst thing it's not good though and it makes no sense it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie and ultimately it, it just wouldn't you get a, a character that works in the water so that you could do it in the water oh, a cat you want a cat sick. in the water <laughs> what are you talking about a cat is natural in the water why are we making these people millionaires can we talk about that it's why? not us i don't it's not us it's not us i don't okay, think it's I, us. I, you're right i'm not spending I'm not spending money on it, but uh, yeah, let's do a cat and then in the water because the, you know, the CGI is not up to par. How about just let's not do a cat? Yeah. <laughs> is there the only one villain in the Wonder Woman universe that you can use for this where you can't show it? Why? <laughs> you know, like, what are these people thinking? And and again, what's the next step? What's coming after this? Wonder Woman 3, 1994? And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what... Yeah, that, is, that really would she's, be. She's, she's kind of mean now. She's got like a very like... Here's what I want to know. attitude to everything. And What's going to happen when Gal Gadot starts aging? Because technically... Which... How old is she? She's in the 30s, right? She, she I think she might be 35 or something. She's going to start aging soon. And there's only so, I mean, you're either going to have to pull out the visual effects or you're just going to have to accept it. And then it's going to be like a Hugh Jackman situation where it's like, even though this movie takes place around the time of the first X-Men and he looks completely different now, uh, yeah. I think it's probably just going to be one of those situations. Better not to analyze it too much. It's just Wonder Woman 4. Her face is very smooth now. Yes. <laughs> Her face is really smooth, even smoother than when she was young. She, uh, I, I I don't know. I think, well, I, I already saw a couple of articles claiming that it's made so much money already, right? Because, of there's course. There's no way to measure I that. Think, there's no I way think to in China it. or something they said that there was a, like a bunch of money from China or whatever. But I I just don't see studios, unless we're 100% back to normal spending 200 million dollars on movies anymore and especially if this doesn't go well you know uh hopefully it'll make them focus that money on projects that are actually worth making uh if once they start you know not getting the, the returns on these movies because they're not on theaters but it just felt like such a waste of 200 million you know it's like where where is that money going? I don't I, I don't get it. And before, when when you could see it in the theaters, then fine. You know, I'm sure the sound or some of the visuals look better in the theater. But right. I don't know, hundred million for something like this uh, to watch at home. I don't know. 
It was all to, to Patty places. Jenkins' wine budget, her wine crate, her winery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And her her couple of, of gay best friends that hang out with yeah. her the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Patty. Come at me. <laughs> You're completely right, because this kind of movie is not going to float the same way on streaming that it would in the theater. People go see a Marvel movie in the theater, they get wowed. They get wowed by the special effects, by the spectacle by the stakes that are involved. Oh, the world's going to blow up again. Then we get to see a shot of outer space and then the the CGI suit. That's not going to work. That doesn't work for a two and a half hour movie on a streaming platform. So I I think the day of this type of movie is going to be over very soon. I think it's going to be turned into a TV show. I think that's what Disney's prepping for right now. And, uh, you know, you're complaining about Batman and Robin, being too long but comparatively this is where it's gone hours the balls on this people (laughs) two and a half hours of a wonder woman movie where does does a lot happen i'm sure that not a lot happens no it's maxwell lord granting wishes and decaying and trying to get all the world's power and then we have a fight at the end there's a good 40 minutes of this movie where it's gal gadot as diana prince interacting working doing this and that that can be cut out and the whole steve trevor returns plot is trash i mean we knew that was going to happen i thought it was a cool note to end on that you kill him off in the first movie but uh of course it was never going to last they have to he'll bring they'll bring him back again they do another sentimental send-off like i'm really dead i'm not this guy i'm some other guy and i'm back but now i gotta go do they keep that going throughout the whole movie where we see him as him, as this Steve, what's his name? Steve, Steve, Steve John, Jobs. Steve yeah. Jobs. Yes. Steve, <laughs> Steve Jobs. Uh, but it's because she sees him like that, but everyone else, oh, God damn, just fucking get another actor. <laughs> just, what are you doing? Oh, God damn. Okay. Uh, so what you're saying is that this is not once upon a time in America. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't need to be three and a half hours. Right, yeah. Like no, absolutely movie. not. <laughs> um, it's not Zack Snyder's Justice League, I'll tell you that right now, which we're going to get in like two months. I'm hyped for that. That's going to save the theater. Yeah. Four, four and a half hours. Wonder Woman's back. That's four episodes, right? Or is it two? I think they're doing a movie. I think it was originally supposed to be cut up into four parts, and now they're just going to release it as a movie. Just a four-hour movie? Yeah. That would be a mistake. <laughs> no, who cares? He's that. Look, it's not going to go anywhere. You saw where the, this was the future of the DC universe. Who cares? At this point, just let Zack Snyder do whatever he and, wants. It'll be the final chapter. Yeah. That'll be a wrap. And honestly, if they cared so much, they wouldn't have given him as much money to redo the whole thing again. So I guess it's just uh, go with it. The, what we tried didn't work. So here's a bunch of money and let's do your vision and see how that goes. So fair. Yeah, wow. we're really looking forward to the episode that I'm sure we'll we'll do the day after it comes out <laughs> because you'll be tight with so much to say about it. <clears throat> Maybe we'll we'll see. I don't know. I'm not I'm not like a big Justice League guy. I I like Zack Snyder as a director. Uh, I didn't have as much interest in the movie when he was still on board before they they fired him or whatever. As I did Batman v Superman, I thought that was going to be the more interesting of the two. And he's, he's I mean, I think we talked about this before. He's doing a, a different version of Batman v Superman now, too. But uh, we should really get back to Batman right. and Robin. Right. 
How about that? Which is going to be part of the canon DCEU very soon. Once once Michael Keaton gets in with the Flash, Ezra Miller, on the stand on CBS All Access, sponsoring this show today. You watch that. Yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. And you know, uh, the, the thing you said to me in the group chat was very true that uh, I downloaded the first, I think there's only two episodes out, there might be three now. I downloaded the first two episodes. Sorry, I streamed legally the first two episodes, uh, well, the first episode. And immediately after the, what is it, NBC? CBS. Is it NBC? CBS. CBS production logo came up, and I was like, oh, and, oh no. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know it was CBS. And it feels like what you said, like under the dome, but now it's, you know, a pandemic. Not a dome. It's really bad. It, look, I uh, yeah, I appreciate a good competition reality show from time to time. But CBS, when it comes to scripted content, when it comes to scripted TV shows, I don't know if they've ever had like an actual good show. They did Touched by an Angel in the 90s. And then they did, what was it, Nash Bridges or something. And then they did JAG. And then they did NCIS. Yeah. It's <laughs> It's never been good. And when they handle Stephen King under the dome is one of the most egregious examples of an adaptation of one of his books. So I have no hope for this, even though they have like an all-star cast of Whoopi Goldberg and one of the scars guards and who else? Oh, Ezra Miller is doing TV after doing the flash TV show. Cool. All right. Well, I I'm good. I think I'm good. I'll, I'll pass. Are they bringing Arnold to this Flash movie? Come on, they, I guess he's. They should. He's got nothing else going on right now. What's What's uh, fucking Chris O'Donnell doing right now? <laughs> he's doing. He's on CBS. He's doing NCIS with LL Cool J. So he's he's a busy man. All he, right. He's That's... the only one getting steady acting work nowadays. Where's Uma Thurman? Where's Alicia Silverstone's old ass? She lost all that charm she had when she was younger, and now she's just old. Which Great, been, let's watch that. She's been putting <laughs> out uh, breastfeeding advocacy videos. I think she's an anti-vaxxer person. And she she's fallen, fallen apart, too. So, I mean, George Clooney's not acting. He's just producing things now. He's probably taking in money. No, no, no. Through. He, just, he, he just did that... Um space movie end of the world space movie where he plays a bearded man and his daughter is like an astronaut and you know it just came out of netflix he directed it my my girlfriend was watching it and it seemed very very emotional for no reason at all oh <laughs> it's just he's just old now so he has a beard and he was in the middle of like the arctic and his daughter is in space and they're trying to save earth but there's a lot of them just talking on the radio to each other. And then they realize that, oh, my God, that's my daughter. And then he gets very emotional. And so there's a lot of silence. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not very good. Uh, it no. sounds like either frequency or uh, interstellar. What? It, derivative. I think it's called Midnight Sky or something like that. I think that might be it. But, yeah. Yes, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's not very good, just in case... He wanted to watch what George Clooney's up to. Why don't we talk about Batman and Robin again? Right. Um, uh, now that we just did like 30 minutes on Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Should this just be four episodes now? Four episodes? We'll cut this up I into mean, two parts. What else is there to say about Batman and Robin? It's very gay. 
It, it is very, extremely very, gay. Well, it's very much a theater production, right? Like, that's another thing, that it's very... All of the set pieces are very flamboyant. Yes. Very non-violent. Yes. But it's like, uh, what's the, the gangster movie that's very gay, too? Um, uh, with the... Jersey Boys. What's it, no. Uh, All That Jazz. You know when you have the the guys wearing white suits and the other guys wearing black suits and they're like in an alleyway being Greece. gay with each other? No. Uh, What's it called? Jeez. Uh, a story of violence? No, no. Well, whatever. It's it's kind of like that. <laughs> kind okay. of like that movie. If you know what I'm talking about. If you remember that movie, that's like something like Casablanca, but not Casablanca, kind of gay with gangsters, that one. West Side kind Story? Of like that one, yes. Is that like a gay movie? I don't know. <laughs> Spielberg's doing that next year. He's doing a remake of it. Never seen it, but oh, me I sh- I sh- it's one of those that I have such a huge list of movies that you should watch that I haven't just because why. Uh, that's one. Uh, Casablanca, I've never seen. I got uh, in a lot of those types of movies. I mean, when we get this, this would be a remarkable transition into what our next episode will be, which is the 10 best movies watched. In 2020, right. we're going to end with the uh, 10 best films of 2020, even okay. though that's a less spectacular list. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I think everybody, even the most polished of film critics, unless you're doing that day in and day out, is, you know, they're going to have some some blind spots as far as the classics go. And yeah, I don't think it's that egregious to have not seen Casablanca or West Side Story or something along those lines. Yeah, Indiana Jones movie. Really? Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's surprising for you. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't know. I just haven't. I don't have a, a reason. It just, I guess it's never been available when I, I don't know. And I remember I downloaded them. I mean, sorry. I, I legally had a chance to stream all of them yes. <laughs> and I just didn't. And, uh, that's one of the series that, you know, it's a huge franchise that I just haven't seen any of it. And a lot of the classics, quote unquote, uh, don't know the christmas classics all the i mean yeah. We, we, yeah you missed out on all the christmas classics you should have caught up this week it's no. a wonderful life played 24 7 in the u.s they played it all around the clock they're not very fun when you're drunk for three days <laughs> just intoxicated for three days you just what is this christmas what is this family unity and happiness bullshit yeah no <laughs> no it's the bottles like it's the fucking tv no i'm good i'm all right <laughs> <laughs> so uh within that time instead you watch batman and robin which is again yes. we're gonna try and stick to it this time uh th- what did you think about the fact that they retconned the last movie and made it so that two-face survived mm-hmm. in this film when mr freeze is being broken out of arkham asylum by bane right you see two costumes hanging up because apparently that's just what happens when you're in prison is oh, they yeah. hang up your costume. Uh, we saw the Riddler and Two-Face. So Two-Face is now alive in this universe. Yeah, he just broke, broke his legs, I guess. He just, he fell like four Very stories harsh. onto some spikes, but he lived. He caught all yeah. the coins and and he got like a Mario raccoon tail. And went up he in the, in the middle. Yes. In the middle of the spikes. Wasn't hurt by them, yeah. It was miraculous. <clears throat> Yeah. So yeah, I I didn't even. I mean, I I noticed that just because of how weird it was that they were placed perfectly so that the camera could see both things. 
but I didn't even think about them still being alive. You're right. Joel well, Schumacher, we'll never, he's, we'll he, never know. he loves the Easter eggs. He makes a conscious attempt to hint at like a, a bigger universe with these two terrible movies. He references Metropolis in, in Batman Forever, and he references Superman in this one. And I remember at the time, nobody's doing that. Nobody at all is doing that. If you check out the Superman movies, he ain't talking about The Flash. He's not talking about Wonder Woman. You watch the, the, the live action shows, you would never get anything like that. Everybody's just in their own lane. And this did is he die? Did he die before the Sherry Universes thing? Schumacher? Yeah. No, he just died this year. Oh. Was he a huge fan of all this shit? I don't think Probably, so. Right? No, he was a huge no? fan of not poppers, I think. Huge <laughs> huge fan of men. That's what he was a huge allegedly. fan of. Allegedly. Yep. Allegedly. No, he, mm. he was yeah. a he was a happy married man, I believe. I don't know. He said he's had sex with thousands of people. He'll take their names to his grave, and he did. He did. And probably nice. their diseases as well. So, yep. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Live a long gay life. <clears throat> uh, before this movie came out, they were so confident it was going to be a hit. I did. I don't think I talked about the Pop-Tarts and the action figures on this version of, of Batman and Robin <laughs> before your internet uh, destroyed it. Uh, there was a massive marketing campaign where they were doing cereals, where they were doing... Uh, mugs, action figures, Pop-Tarts, sweets, candy. <laughs> I loved all the different Pop-Tarts. Every character, I believe, had their own Pop-Tart flavor. And, you know, the Robin ones would be like strawberry with the blue sprinkles and icing or whatever. Uh, I had all all this stuff as a seven-year-old. And how I even found out about the movie was through action figures. Because you didn't have the internet back then the way that you do now. So uh, this was the first Batman movie I saw in theaters. I was hyped about it. I loved it when I was a child and I saw it in the theater. thought it was the best one ever. And um, all that to say, you know, they invested so much money into the marketing campaign of this movie and also commissioned screenwriters to tackle what would be Batman 5 because they were so sure it was going to be a hit. And I actually think it didn't do bad. In terms of the box office, can we just do a quick check of that? Can we do a fact check there? I feel like it might not have done great. It, I feel like it definitely made it, its money back, though. Um, let's see. According to Box Office Mojo, it made two hundred thirty-eight million worldwide, and the budget was probably uh, like one hundred fifty, right? So. Uh, let me see budget. Where does it say? It's weird to see. That. I've never seen this website on my phone. Uh, the budget was one sixty. One sixty. So it was a hit. It was. It was a hit. Let's make that clear. Well, I'm sure that with the marketing cost, that 160 went way up. They just you know don't factor that in, but. Maybe, oh, I'm sure they sold a lot of toys and a lot of pop tarts. Maybe, maybe that. I think it I all know, gets. Why... I think it, I think the budget does get factored, uh, or the marketing budget gets factored into the overall budget. I think I might not. I'm okay. not 100. percent Maybe not. That might just be Warner Brothers' uh, own spending. But yeah, you would have to think that this movie made a killing on the action figures and and this and that. So they probably made dividends that way as well. 
so it's kind of strange in retrospect that it took eight years to get a movie in motion. Also that they right. didn't green light Batman triumphant, which was going to be the fifth one. There were a couple of different scripts that were written. There was more than one. They commissioned a few different writers uh, based on the direction that they wanted to go in. Cause I think anyone known. Any yeah. Writer known. Yeah. 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 Um, I, well, for what would have been the continuation of this one, it was Akiva Goldsman. Or is his name Goldsmith? <laughs> Holly, the, the Hollywood genius who did It's a Beautiful Mind. God damn, that fucking guy. He wrote a, a version of the script that had the Scarecrow as the main villain. And it would have also featured the return of the Joker in a dream sequence. And I think Harley Quinn was in the movie as well. And there was talk about we're going to bring back Jack Nicholson for this small role in the movie. And Nick Cage or Howard Stern is going to play the Scarecrow. And then Courtney Love is going to play or Madonna is going to play Harley Quinn, who is going to be the Joker's daughter in this fifth version. Old Harley Quinn? Well, Madonna would have been, what, like 40 at the time? I think Madonna was in her mid-30s at that point. Which is okay. old, old for a female starlet. So, yeah, especially for a Harley Quinn character. Right. Now, can we... Sorry, I don't mean to derail things, but I completely forgot about Akiva's writing credits. And uh, this this guy, um, he gets a lot of work. Um, it's all shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got Star Trek Picard, you got Titans, you got Star Trek Discovery, The Dark Tower, Transformer, that's the last night, Rings, you got a... Well, I guess Fringe, that TV show is fine. Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, Cinderella Man, iRobot, Lost in Space with Matt LeBlanc, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. Boy. Ah. Well, he's rich. That yeah. much that <laughs> much is certain. I guess, I guess that's so much we can say that he's rich. He's produced. Oh, he's a producer in Dr. Sleep. Where it's like, I guess shit just attracts more shit. Um, but yeah, that's so he was considered for the sequel to this. No, he he wrote it. He wrote th these scripts got written. They were uh, all commissioned. So people were making. Have you read them? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I I but not for a long time. I read them all when I was waiting to see what Batman Five was going to be. So when I was like ten, eleven years old, I found all these scripts on the internet and I I read them. But I haven't read them since then. So there was actually two versions of Batman Triumphant. One was that. That was the popular version. The other one was, there's a, a script that I think was called Batman Dark Knight, and Dark Knight was one word, where Man Bat was going to be the villain, and Batman was going to go solo again, and we would see Robin and Batgirl murdered in the first 15 minutes of the movie, and I think Alfred was going to be killed. So it would have just been Batman versus Man Bat, and maybe the Scarecrow had a part in that movie. I, I don't know. They They seemed very heavily focused on going in a scarecrow direction for that next film though. So at a certain point, I think in 1998 or 1999, they were just like, we're, we're done with this. I, I believe they were talking about Kurt Russell as a potential replacement for George Clooney. If he didn't want to renew his contract for Batman yeah. five. So once they decided we're done with this whole series of, of four films here, they took to Darren Aronofsky to do Batman year one. 
And that would have been co-written with Frank Miller, who wrote the graphic novel of Batman Year One. And it would have been completely different from what his his book originally was, where you have Batman who has no money. Uh, he's living on the streets. He's homeless. He gets taken in by a black auto mechanic named Big Al. And it would have been a hyper-realistic version of Batman that's kind of in vain to... You know that movie, not Kick-Ass, Super, that James Gunn did? Yeah. It would have been something like that, but set in a 1970s New York-style location. And as far as I know, there has mm-hmm. actually been, because of Joker, there have been some very minor rumblings about maybe getting this project going again. Uh, I remember the script was fairly good, but I don't think it would have worked at the time. I, I don't think that kind of movie would have been made and successful in the year 2000. Especially, especially as a sequel. Well, maybe not a sequel, but just following this one. Right. Completely different tone and uh the Nolan ones had not come out yet, right? No, this so this so we're, we're still five years away from Batman Begins. So this was this was in development for a period of time, and around this same time, they were also thinking, all right, maybe we'll do Batman Beyond. We could do a Batman Beyond movie with Bo's Yakin, who directed Remember the Titans. So I guess they were thinking, all right, well, he's dealt with like teen drama before. We'll, right. We'll, we'll bring right. him in to write and direct it, but he wasn't a fan of the property at all. He didn't know shit about it. He brings in Neil Stevenson from Snow Crash. He wrote that book. And that would have been, I mean, that I don't think that script is out there. I did a video on this years ago. I didn't find a script. I think that could have been really good with Neil Stevenson writing it. But nothing happened with that. That was the one that was the least in development, I think. And then um, the it, last. It was, it was also a time when Aronofsky was an interesting filmmaker, right? Before he went Noah and mother and whatever pretentious shit he's into now. I mean, he was still pretentious, which is weird because if you hear him talk, he sounds like any New York Italian. (laughs) Like he sounds very stupid, but he still has like that. I don't know. I don't know if he's, he went to like private school or whatever, but he still has like that, that pretentiousness about him. And at the beginning of his career, his movies were interesting because of that. It was they were kind of odd, but now after seeing Mother and Noah, it's kind of I don't know if I would trust him with something like this anymore. No, um, I'll tell you what, Pi, Requiem for a Dream, The Wrestler, those are all really great films, and I think they're entirely dependent on their visual style and their editing. Right, even I mean, Black Swan. To a point. Yeah, no, no, Black Swan is a fantastic editing. movie. Yes. That- but no, but I mean, like the editing has a lot to do with how that movie flows, and without it, it would feel really odd. Like now, now just thinking of how the scenes flow into each other. Uh, so he has, he had at that point, uh, still a very interesting filmmaker, filmmaking style. And I don't know, I guess success happened. Well, <laughs> once he did, I haven't seen The Fountain with Hugh Jackman. I've heard that's actually a great movie. Uh, but by the time he gets to the wrestler, he is more reserved as a director. He doesn't have that kinetic pace that he has with his first two films, uh, especially Requiem for a Dream, which feels like a 90 minute music video, which is is not a complaint uh, about it whatsoever. I think it works extremely well for that movie and the the cutting between like very short, uh, scenes that are maybe like less than a second long, uh, 
it's perfect. It really fills out the visual style of that movie in a, an amazing way. And by the time you get to the wrestler, he's more dependent on the performances. He gets more into the performances. And that movie is entirely carried by Mickey Rourke, of course. But it's still got very natural, gritty flares to the settings, to a lot of the color choices and the backgrounds. The visual style is really, yeah. It's, it's, he, he managed to, uh, I don't know if it, I can't remember if it's set on a specific time, uh, or a specific year or a specific time frame or whatever, but it just feels old. It feels like a different reality than ours, which I guess it is being like a sh- shitty wrestler that, you know, doesn't, you know, is not going through the, the greatest time. But I, I just remember it having a very distinctive look and a very distinctive uh, t- tone of it, I guess, I guess is the, the word uh, for it, where, where it, fe- it felt very like dirty and very, very much like a, like a seventies type of movie. Yeah. You know? it, it certainly does have that feel to it where the, the, the town that that character lives in feels decayed. You know, and I think we see that most in 1970s film, uh, especially New York settings and where everything is just kind of like the paint is peeling off the place. You know, it, it for the wrestler, though, that feels like it could be set in a location like here where I'm at right now in Brockton, where it's just like a uh, it's a big, big city it's a town, um, but nobody cares to do anything with it. So it's just constantly right. decomposing. Maybe you'll get a new shop in one location every now and again. And they actually do have local wrestlers or whatever putting on shows for crowds that get no coverage they probably have like 120 likes on facebook but it's still somehow some crowd of like 60 people 30 people will, will show up and see these these people maybe you'll get like a washed up wwe wrestler from the early aughts in there and then right. it'll just be a bunch of people trying to get an agent launch their careers you know so that kind of thing is still happening but it feels like i, I maybe this is the setting maybe it's not it feels like it could be upstate New York or somewhere in Detroit or, you know, some gritty, gross location. And he captures that extremely well. So, yeah, he could have been he could have been great at doing a Batman movie. But I'm kind of glad even even though he, he's put out some real shit with Noah. And I really didn't like Mother. I think his whole stab at doing uh, uh, Christian themes or whatever, even though he's coming from like a scientist perspective. And he's trying to put right. it in a metaphor and Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem or whatever. It's stupid. It's dumb. I, I don't care yeah, for that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you're, you're trying to be clever, but you you can't. I mean, I don't know if he can. And the, at least in this mother movie, you could tell what he was trying to do right away. You know, it's like, we, we understand. Like, we get, is that all you? Okay, we get it. Fine. I don't have to sit for two hours going through this thing, you know. Um, so it would have been interesting if it was a young Aronofsky doing Batman year one, who would you give that property to right now? If you're going to adapt the book. Yeah. I'd really have to think about that. Um, I feel like the obvious go-to one is the Safdie brothers would, would do a bang up job with that, but they're kind of, I feel like they're not going to go in a good direction with their next movie or project. I feel like. Uncut Gems, which is a good movie, it's an enjoyable uh-huh. film, is giving a glimpse into what their future is going to be, which is le- less the dirty, random weirdo, Cassavetes-esque characters and more 
what big A-list stars can we get in our movie? Who do I want to meet as a director? I, w- I would love to meet Adam Sandler and Kevin Garnett and who else can right. we get in here to just show up for a day? I think that's probably where they're heading and that's not going to be great. So right. I'm not sure. There's no real interesting active young filmmakers or anything like that that I think are especially primed for a property like Batman year one necessarily. I think, you know who would be cool if he was actually still making good movies uh, like his 1980s self is Alex Cox who did Repo Man and Sid and Nancy. Somebody like that would have been perfect for Batman year one. Some like a youthful uh, punk director who is used to dealing with urban landscapes in their films. Right. What do you think? What do you think is going to be Todd Phillips' net, next step that now that he's an Oscar winner? <laughs> well, he didn't win. He's an Oscar nominee, best director, Oscar nominee. What didn't didn't he produce the thing? It, it, it won. Uh, Joker won for for best actor and best music, and it got nominated wow. for best best film, best director, maybe best adapted screenplay. I don't know. He'll... So what you're saying is you, you don't think he's going to do the Hangover Four after this? I wouldn't put it past him. I don't. I don't look. The I don't. Hang, the Hangover Four coronavirus <laughs> or post pandemic Hangover. I don't think that he's. So if you take a look at Todd Phillips' peers, right? All yeah. the other comedy directors from the aughts, like Adam McKay and Jay Roach, they all went in a direction where it's like, I'm 50 years old. I have to do things that matter now. I'm going to direct bombshell the fox news movie i'm gonna direct hey you know who i really hated and still hate dick cheney i'm gonna do the dick Cheney. i'm gonna write the definitive story on dick cheney todd phillips i mean he's going in a much more respectable direction which is i'm gonna copy martin scorsese i'm just gonna steal martin scorsese's style and change nothing and make that my style and he does that with war dogs and it makes war dogs a very fun movie to watch and he did it with joker and it worked for joker so you know what I'm fine with whatever he does next. If he wants to go, I hate the Hangover movies. If he wants to do Hangover 4, God bless him. It's a greedy Hangover because it's post-pandemic time. So now Sakalifanakis is fatter because he's gained a lot of weight. And he's going to say something retarded. He's older too. He's 60 now. (laughs) Do you never see an old retarded person? (laughs) Ed Helms needs to work. You were talking about his yeah. show on Netflix, Coffee and uh, Cream or whatever. Yeah. So he, yeah. he needs no, that's it. A movie. That's a movie. Yeah, How sorry. dare you? I know. Uh, <clears throat> the, the hardest one to get would be Bradley Cooper, but he's friends with Todd. So, I, I mean, he'd do it. Is, is it because he's a director now after that movie, that uh, Daily, Lady Gaga movie? Didn't he direct that? Yeah. And it won, won some Oscars. It, it made an impact. Yeah. Who, who would have thunk? Who would have thought that all the white people in Hollywood would be into romantic musicals about a man just trying to make it and a girl that's trying to make it a little bit harder than him? <laughs> I never saw. I don't even know if that's the story. I never saw that, but I, it it's, sounds it's like close enough. Story. It's close enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bradley yeah. Cooper, he, he produced Joker. How about that? Ah, well, there you go. But uh, the last one, the last movie that was in development for some time before they gave it over to Christopher Nolan was Batman vs. Superman. Batman vs. Superman was supposed to be directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who did The Perfect Storm and Das Boot. And it was going to star... What? What the fuck? Yeah. This one... 
completely. All right. This one was was very close to happening. Back in 2003, I think it was greenlit. And I read the script to this, and it's kind of ridiculous and crazy, but it it feels like a world's finest. So at this point in Batman's life, I think everybody's dead. Robin's dead. Alfred's dead. He's an older guy. He's getting married. And the Joker's still alive. Just fucking retire. Just go buy an island and retire. <laughs> this is the saddest millionaire. The saddest millionaire in the history of anything. It's just everyone around me dies because of who I am. So I'm just going to keep doing it, being sad and rich. Uh, just go to an island and just do an Epstein without the kitty thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on your own island and fucking be happy. God damn. Just like a, a therapy session. Every Batman movie. You're just trying to see how broken this man is because of the death of his parents that happened 50 years ago. You know? Enough. <laughs> he's about to get married and um the joker's alive in this one and okay. uh the joker shows up to the wedding or whatever actually i think this might even be canon with the they were just still trying to tie it back to the original four so i i maybe i'm misremembering this maybe i'm thinking of uh, dark knight strikes again the frank miller sequel book to dark knight returns but i don't think this is the real joker i feel like this is a joker clone like the Joker's got a number of clones. So he comes back from the dead and kills his wife. And then like a bee kills. Maybe he, maybe a bee kills his wife. I don't know. I feel like a bee kills somebody important. It's been so long since I read well, this. The this bee comes out of his gun and kills her. <laughs> I think it might be that. I actually think it might be that. <laughs> that <sounds laughs> I, great. I think so. <laughs> I, I really do think it might be that. And then uh, Batman goes nuts or whatever, and he's going to try and kill the Joker, Wait, did, and then Stu uh, Superman they, and Lex Luthor step in. Didn't do that on that Gotham TV show where it's like, this is the Joker. No, way, this is Jerome. He's not the Joker. And then he's like, ah, never mind. This is actually the Joker. Um, that, I mean, they were, they were brothers. They were brothers or something. You, you, you were a fan of that show. You oh, I love Gotham. It was the best <laughs> Batman ever. I, somebody I had respect for who I don't really interact with, <laughs> said, Gotham, Gotham is the definitive Batman. And I said, what? <laughs> and they said, yup. And that was the last time I ever spoke to that person. I eventually unfollowed them. So that's how, right. that's, that's right. where my opinion lies. So uh, that was in development and Colin Farrell was going to play Batman and Jude Law was going to play Superman. And then that, that had, the plug on it pulled for what was known as Batman, the intimidation game, which was just a code for Batman begins. And it was called Batman begins and not dark Knight or anything like that, because they thought, all right, well, if this doesn't work out, we can try and like repackage it as a prequel to that first Batman movie. And that's why it ended with the, the card flip. It's like, if this works, we go to phase two of this. If this doesn't work, then this is Jack Nicholson. So, right. and then the rest is history. Hollywood's changed, and we are put on track for the Disney corporatist uh, future that we're in. What's the next Batman thing that's going to come out besides Justice League? Has there anything been about announced? The Matt Reeves, no, Affleck, though, right? Rob Pattinson. Oh, movie. right, 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 right. Completely forgot about that. Not what when you were talking about uh, Year One. That's where I went because uh, of how they said at the beginning that there was going to be elements from Batman year one and this one, and it's more, you know, toned down and he, he doesn't have as many gadgets or as many, much money, I guess, but 
after seeing that trailer, it doesn't really. I don't know if they really went with that anymore. No, I mean, he has no. A, he has it, a simpler Batmobile, I guess, but I, I don't know. Like, what I do what I've heard for the Matt Reeves Batman movie is that they're going to do the Long Halloween, which is why all those villains are in there, and that's the Long Halloween is uh, was it Tim Sales, Jeff Loeb, I think did that. That was essentially their own continuation of Batman Year One. You have a lot of the same characters from that, and they just remake The Godfather in that movie, but mixed with Silence of the Lambs. So we'll see where things go with that movie, or if it ever comes out, if it doesn't go direct to streaming, you know. I've heard I've heard a, a, multiple ideas are being tossed around right now about what to do for Batman movies, but that's the only one that has something of its shot. I know that they're thinking about resurrecting the Ben Affleck Batman movie that was originally supposed to happen. Okay. With uh, Joe Man- Joe Manganiello. Manganiello, yes. Uh, what's his name? Um, Deathstroke. Deathstroke, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. So in that movie, Deathstroke would be doing the same thing I've talked about in the other Batman movies that never happened, killing a lot of Batman's friends and family. And uh, I think they might be doing that as an HBO series now. We'll see. And then the other one is they're going to do uh, a reboot of the DCEU with Michael Keaton as Batman and do a Batman Beyond film with him as old Bruce Wayne. Right. I don't know if I'm interested in that. I wonder what his hairpiece is going to look like. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see Michael Keaton as Batman again for the Flash movie or whatever they wind up but doing, no- but I don't know about that context. No Tim Burton, though. That's the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So, they, they might try to give him a too much just because of who he is now yeah that's uh, like the he's he's uh, yeah the, the, as soon as those words left my mouth i was like who is he now <laughs> what has he, has he done recently after his revival really after spider-man 2 what did he do well he was in he did birdman he did spotlight right. he did the founder he did a, he's trying to get that oscar that's really what it is he should have got the oscar for birdman he's doing a lot of the oscar bait so he only comes up once a year to do a boring movie and uh i mean i'll give him credit for being two best picture winners in a row even though spotlight is probably the worst best picture even over crash oh my god crash dude. is comically bad of a winner spotlight is egregiously boring so i don't know we'll see I forgot that. I'll also give. I him... forgot a spotlight one something. <laughs> that was such a piece of shit. Anyway, just in Hollywood sucking its own dick once yep. again. I'll I'll give Michael Keaton credit for dropping out of Kong Skull Island before that movie went into production. He was he him and J.K. Simmons were supposed to be, I think, the John Goodman and Samuel Jackson characters, and they dropped out probably when they read the script. I thought you were gonna say the John C. Riley character. That no. would have been. <sighs> Yeah, that would Steve, have been very Steve rough. Rule, but in Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's 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 put the kibosh on Batman and Robin. We'll get to the best films that we've watched this year. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Movies. Uh, if you would like to get that next episode, and probably a lot of episodes by the point that this drops on iTunes and Spotify, patreon.com slash Laura's five dollar and up level gets you the video. One dollar and up. One dollar gets you audio. The day of the recording. How good is that? That's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. Had a lot of people go from $1 to $5 just because we we started enforcing the video for that $5. Right. 
Because otherwise, why wouldn't you pay $1? Pay $1, you get everything? You get free videos? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah That's yeah, not yeah. a good business yeah, model. No. So, nope, not at all. Not for, not... <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work for nothing. Yeah. Right, yes. <laughs> and again, we gotta get we got to get Hans away from yeah. his job once and for all so he can do this full time, yes. so we can start our own gas digital network. Louis J. Gomez. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Hans yeah. J. What's a, what's a Spanish last name? Why can't I think of it? I don't know. <laughs> Something, okay, hold on. Something happened to me the other day that uh, I wish my friend that I did this to watch this. He doesn't even speak English, so it never happened. But I was with my girlfriend at the supermarket and I was very stoned. Like I was very, you know, enjoying my Christmas. Uh, and uh she told me later that apparently there was a guy that kept trying to like get in between me or like get in front of me to say hello, I guess, but I was not in this world. So I was just walking around and ignoring this guy. Right. Uh, he caught my, I, uh, my girlfriend is, uh, was born in the States. So I talked to her in English, but I talked to everyone else here in Spanish. So to go from one language to the other, I have to do that switch in my mind, right. To change from Spanish to English. Yeah. I, I can't do that quickly because I, I don't really use it that much. Uh, and he shows up and I'm going to introduce my friend that I've known for five years, maybe to my girlfriend and I say her name and then I can't remember his. Oh no. So, so I'm just standing there. I'm standing there and she's waiting obviously. And I'm just like, Oh, uh, that's terrible. Uh, that's <laughs> For much long. He should have helped me to be honest. Not let I'm just going to throw a little bit of blame at him because he stood there for way too long without me. How good of a friend is this? Is this somebody, you know, I mean, five years is a long time. Well, no, it's just, it's someone that moved into the neighborhood or someone that was younger. So I didn't know of his existence until like five years ago. So I, okay. it's not someone I talk to every day, but it's someone that I've interacted. Gotcha. Way, you know, more times than I should have to not remember his name. Uh, and then, uh, so I just stood there and I like, grabbed him by the shoulder and I was like ah, and I just couldn't and then he just said his name and like walked away and I felt really shitty <laughs> about this I don't know why I brought he that probably story. thought here's, here's what he was probably thinking you're trying to big shot him in front of your girl to impress her to maybe, be, be, maybe be the big yeah man. but but uh, uh, and what was happening is just that I couldn't change the tape in my brain from English to Spanish quick enough so that I could say, this is my girlfriend in Spanish, and then think about his name in the state that I was. So it was just a very uncomfortable almost minute and a half uh, uh, where, yeah, <laughs> where it was just me just trying really hard to remember and just my friend very uncomfortable. Apparently, he thinks I'm a huge asshole now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, uh, well, that's you know, atrocious. Can't win them all. No, you can't. Apparently not. <laughs> all right. That's been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.